Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. We need a theme song. It's Pints and Perspectives. Do you want me to leave that in? Do whatever you want. You're the boss. I will leave that in. I work for you, Cullen. Welcome to Pints and Perspectives, friends. Hey, Hey, it's your boy, Adam. I need a tagline. I'll figure it out. Comment below. What should my opening tagline be? It's your boy. No? No. You got multiple that you're Oh, no, that was, it, that was all I had. <laughs> so it's a yes or no. I was waiting for multiple. No, 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 no. They're supposed to write in their ideas. Oh, got it. Like, I'm so oh, sorry. snip, snap, your boys right back. It's <laughs> Adam and Cullen. I don't know. Maybe he's going to fire me, I swear. Bring I back Clayton. Bring no. back Clayton. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, uh, Adam, tell me about your beer that you're both oh, excited gosh. about and slightly dreading. Okay. Um, I should have prepared for this. It's the, so first of all, when I got here, Cullen was like, I got some beers. You can pick whatever you want. And I saw this big red A from across the room. I love Avery Brewing. Um, They had a beer back in the day. uh, Maybe they still make it, Maharaja. And it was like a, like a, it's an IPA, but maybe it was like a barley wine IPA or like a real malty IPA or something. I can't remember exactly what it was anyways. But what I do remember is that it was from Avery and that I loved it. And I saw this big A and I got really into Avery for, for a while. And so I saw this A and I was like, yes, let's do it. This is the Reverend Belgian style quadruple ale. Um, so, and it has a really cool picture. They probably can't see that. It's probably too far away, right? Yeah, it's probably too far away. Um, it has a cool picture of a menacing reverend, and I just feel like it's my soul. Dark, decadent, divine, and 10% alcohol by volume. Let's see if we make it through the episode. Oh, I can't open it yet. Not yet. The drama. The drama. So I have um, something from Lagunitas, which if you know the Lagunitas, just the normal IPA that's around, uh, that's not my favorite just mm. around IPA. But to be fair, we also said last episode, this is Houston. We have a lot of great local brews. True. So like if I'm just looking for that around IPA, sure. it's Art Car from St. Arnold right. or Hopadillo from Carbox. Yeah, they sold out though. They did sell out, which a it's still bit, a good beer, but y'all are sellouts. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, uh, but Lagunitas is a brewery and this is the super cluster. It says that it's a Citra hopped mega. IPA marketing I'll of tell you what. intergalactic proportions. Oof. And so, in all honesty, sounds like Lagunitas is not starting out on the best playing field with me. Lagunitas has some good beers, though. They do, they do. But this shit better be off the charts. <laughs> it better be mega. It better be mega. It better be out uh, of this world. It better be intergalactic, as they say. It won't be. So here's what it it's says. It's not gonna be. Here's what it says. You are here on a speck of dust, three tiny... Speck of dust, I bet it says. Oh, it does. Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) You are here on a speck of dust, three tiny rocks from the source, at the edge of something much larger, in the middle of something else, at the beginning of the end. It's a lot of wrap your head around, so take it one gulp at a time. Life is uncertain. Supercluster is a citra-hopped mega IPA of intergalactic intergalactic proportions deep 
everything we've learned about making hop forward beer pale, cold, and bitter. You're just on a speck of dust. I'm on a speck of dust. So it's true, isn't it? I guess. I mean, if you call the Earth a speck in the grand scheme, have you seen those new James Webb telescope pictures? It is yeah, a speck of dust. But you know, I also saw a news article where a dude took a picture of some baloney and then come <laughs> on, man, and said that it was it was a, a photo from the new telescope. And Bro. then came out and said that he made it all up just so he could show that it was manipulable. Bro, baloney is as complex as the galaxies. <laughs> Yo, facts. I actually have baloney, mad truth, in oh my, in my fridge. This man's going to talk sandwiches. trash about baloney and then eat baloney. No, I'm just saying. You're full of baloney, Cullen. I, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> cheers, buddy. <laughs> Bring back Clayton. Okay, this dude. is your last episode you're allowed to chant. Bring back <laughs> no, we'll see. Uh, this is going to be... I'm excited for this. This is going to be really... This is going to be a lot. The thing about mm. um, Belgian styles is that yeast. Yeah. It's just doing all sorts of dances I on know. the palate. I know that is one thing that I don't think American brewing has done well is use a lot of different yeast to use yeast to create flavors. Yeah. I mean, maybe our, maybe we don't really, I don't know. Yeah. We should do it because, well, I mean, Avery is American. They're, I think they're in California, but they're but doing, uh, but they're doing Belgian <clears throat> style brewing, right, which right, means right. the yeast matters. It's so good though. It's so good. It says it's dark, decadent and divine. And I, that is literally yeah. exactly how I would describe it. Um, not as malty as I anticipated, not as boozy as I thought. At 10%, I thought it would taste a little hot, but so, so smooth, lightly carbonated, very dark, very rich, um, not too bitter, not too sweet, perfectly balanced. I'm going to give this boy a nine. Oh, I'm going to give it a nine. Damn. It's good. It is good. It is a great quadruple. All right, audience, we're gonna we're we're sus about how easy it is for Adam to give a nine. Hey, man, have you ever had Michelob prickly pear? Ooh, fire! You would give Michelob prickly a nine? Jokes, jokes. Oh, okay, okay, I do enjoy it. Anyways, no, I, uh, facts. I will drink the shit out of some cactus man. and lime Miller. <clears throat> Are you gonna talk about me? Go ahead. All right, I guess it's Michelob. Yeah, um. I guess. Uh, man, it's just so refreshing. Um, are you blown out of your socks to another dimension? It got a lot of hop flavors going on. Okay. It, 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 it met the standard of like, Hey, there's a lot of shit going on. Is it a mega hop? It, it tastes like I'm drinking a plant. See, I, I, I enjoy hops. I don't know that I just want a whole mouthful of plant though. Um, I actually really like it. This is, uh, definitely my preferred style of got IPA. You. And, you know, one of the things I don't like about a lot of IPAs that are mega hopped or what I imagine is this is a double. I imagine it's a double. It's also sure. a higher ABV. Sure. It's like 8%. It's eight and a half. I yeah. Think, I, yeah. It's, it's probably a double. One of the things I don't like about doubles is when I was home brewing, my favorite double to make was a black IPA because uh, you okay. double it down and the malt gets darker over yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just a natural black IPA. It was money. But 
that's so heavy in the body when you're yeah. drinking it. Yeah. It's not light and refreshing like you you know you would kind of want if you're just going to drink a plant. You would kind of want that to be light. A little um, more floral and uh, yeah, breezy. Like, yeah, exactly. A little citrus like words. So <laughs> So yeah, uh, well that's like when I describe a pretzel, a uh, pretzel stout, I call it chewy. It's liquid. What? It's not really chewy, what? but what? When you describe a what? A pretzel stout. What is a pretzel? Oh, a stout. A yeah. Pretzel. I'm like, look, I've been out of the beer game for a while. I was like, are we talking about like pretzels? <laughs> no, like a pretzel stout. A stout that's flavored like a pretzel. I didn't know that existed. That's a well, thing. Well, it's just a stout that has a, a an extra additional adjunct. that's like a pretzel base. I did. did you're like talking. A different language to me bro right we now. just got to go hang out at flying saucer <laughs> deal okay no um, podcast today we got to go drink <laughs> no well we are about to have craft 96 open up literally less than a mile from my house which is a brewer like a it's just a tap room yeah and they always have all these different beers on tap it's 96 like, taps i bet yeah it's like 96 taps but that's for their main location. I don't know if this location is going to have 96. Oh, then they can't call themselves Tap 96. Or what is it called? Craft 96. Craft 96. We'll see. They're not open False yet. advertisement. They're going to be they're gonna be open call the within a month. So we'll see. But anyways, yeah. When I taste a pretzel stout, I call it chewy. So like this, I want it to be breezy. Chewy. That's what we were talking about. So anyways, <laughs> this is very good. This is definitely the type of IPA that I that I tend to navigate or gravitate towards. I bet Clayton would love this beer. He picked it, right? He did. Yeah, this is... Clayton also spent nine months living in Belgium. Oh. Which, if you didn't know, you can fit the entire country of Belgium inside, like, 610 Loop. Wow, tell me more random facts about the 610 Loop. I don't know any. Oh, just that one. <laughs> yeah, just that one. And it's more a fact about Belgium, just for <laughs> reference of size. <laughs> so, anyways, okay. We're it's always about Houston, Cullen. It's always about Houston. We're starting a new series. Well, it's one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, <laughs> uh, we're starting um, a new series, and what I think I'm affectionately calling it is paradise, purgatory, and punishment question. Mark. I just like alliteration. Well, I'm a good preacher that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's but why that we was, were trained to be the same true. kind of communicator. That's true. That's true. Um, and so I like that element, but it's like, it's going to be an afterlife conversation, but it's also coming with a question mark because I really don't got a lot of certainty about any of this. Because you haven't died yet. Or just because I don't think the Bible or any like source that can make afterlife claims is 1000% reliable. Yeah, because dead people don't write books. Right, exactly. And, yeah. or, or just even tell truths that experientially are ready for me to accept. Like the 90 minutes in heaven book and shit. Like I'm like, nah, I don't, you know, that's not convincing to me. Didn't that get like uh, myth busted or whatever? I don't know. I'm just saying like, <laughs> but lots of people have like, I died and went somewhere and came back to life experiences. And I just don't trust any of them. I believe they can happen in the same way. Do you trust that story from Jesus about him dying and coming back to life? Yes. Oh, so there is one. But, but that's a resurrection, which I also make the distinction that Jesus is a resurrection where everything else is a resuscitation because everybody else dies again. Okay, uh, sure. Jesus ascends. So you have to make space that that's different because he never experienced death again. Everybody else, if you die and then we bring you back to life, you're going to die again. Lazarus. He died again. 
So he was resuscitated. He was resuscitated. Okay. How did we get off onto resuscitation? I don't know. Uh, but, um, oh, because the question mark. Nobody knows. Oh, because and you so, haven't died yet. Yeah. So I want this to be a very courteous conversation because this is- I refuse not, to be courteous. <laughs> that's a lie. That is not why you brought that's me on the show. Adam is the most courteous and political speaking person I've ever met in my life. Until you piss me off. <laughs> Until you piss him off. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Well, this is just um, episode two. Who knows? <laughs> it's true. Who knows so, where this is going? Anyways, um, because the other thing is, is like, I also say I never built theologies off one-off verses and most of afterlife theology is built off one-off verses. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, like a couple of verses in Philippians or, you know, those weird intermediary states in second Corinthians, right. Right. Um, the one-off conversations about Jesus, the language right. of Abraham's bosom, you know, right. we got some understanding of Sheol, but that was like a holding place of the Old Testament world, right. which, you know, philosophical theology came out and said, well, Jesus went and while he was dead for three days, went and preached to them and extended the gospel. And then we converted them. And, How do know, they know? Yeah, no, it's just all bullshit that we made up to fill in spaces to try to build these theologies yeah. that there's no Fun way. stories. Yeah, there's just no way for us to have those conversations uh, with any kind of certainty. Just like we can't have a conversation with certainty about the afterlife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all the of point. the afterlife. Right. Any of the afterlife. But we're about to do a three-part series on it. Oh, we're about to do significantly more than three parts. <laughs> okay, let's go. Where yeah. are we going? Um, well, we have to start with... We ended the last episode with a conversation about sin, sin. Because if we believe... If we believe, Paul, that... Death comes through sin. That would also be true for Genesis chapter 3. That okay. death entered the world because of sin. Okay. But you, so that would mean that anyone that is going to experience death is experiencing the effects of sin. Okay. But you said you don't believe sin exists. Well, how are we defining sin? Let's define it. Go ahead. How would you like to define it? I don't have a definition. You have no definition. It doesn't exist. The definition doesn't exist. Okay, I let, have a very good definition. Let me guess. Um, sin is something bad that an individual willingly, I guess you could have like sins of omission, willingly or unwillingly, a bad thing that a person does willingly or unwillingly. Is that it? Is it just a bad thing that people do? This is, this is, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I have my own opinion. I literally don't. Okay, here's how I would formerly define sin. Okay. A rejection of the will of God. That's a terrible definition of sin. <laughs> well, maybe that's why I don't believe in it anymore. That's a terrible definition of ever okay. having a Lay it on me, theologian daddy. The definition of sin that I like to use is that Willingly or unwillingly, okay. omission or omission, sin is any action caused by a person that brings about an experience of personified death. Okay. Any action that brings about a personification of An experience death? of personified death. So not literal death, but personified death. Any, like in the what same way- What is personified that, death? Isn't in the death same way literally that, personified already? 
people die? Well, it's individualized. Okay, what do you mean? But personified, meaning that an experience of death can be... Um, okay, here's a great one. When, when you say, when a normal person hears death, they go, okay, no abortions. Okay. Okay. When I say personified death, I go, okay, yeah, you avoided death by saying no abortions, but you still brought about an experience of death in some cases because the life of that child you forced to be born will not be an experience of life. It will be one of time and time and time again of death. So wait a second. You would say that the Dobbs ruling was sin? Yes. I would say that anything that brings about experiences of death okay. for an individual is sin. Do you or is sin is causing those experiences? Do you believe that you sin? Yes, absolutely. Do you believe that you sin frequently? Yes, absolutely. Do you believe that you sin daily? Yes, absolutely. How did you sin today? How have I sinned today? Um, Sorry to the congregants of Well House that I've just made your pastor confess his sins on live podcasting. Uh, well, actually, to be fair, I don't think I've sinned today. Exactly because you haven't. Because I don't think sin is real. Oh, no, I absolutely think oh, sin is real. Oh, come on. Give me an example. Okay, um, how did you sin this past week? I'm going to convince him. I'm going to no, win the podcast. No, I, I have one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win the podcast. No, you're not. Okay. Uh, here you go. Okay, Wellhouse Church, a value we have around here is be real. Here you go. Okay, Here's look, your pastor I don't, I don't want real. you to get fired, get, but you're going to fire I'm not going to get fired. Oh, I'm not going to get fired. I'll put you on I'm the not spot. Get fired. Cut. Um, Bring back Clayton. <laughs> I'm a single male. Okay. These days. Okay. There are ways in which I sin in the realm of being a single male. Okay. That okay. absolutely bring about feelings of emotional death for some people if I don't conduct myself well and appropriately. Okay. There is absolutely sin that I do. So I you, haven't sinned today because we've been working together all day. And you can't sin around me. I'm a pastor. You're not a pastor, though. You're, you're a pagan now. <laughs> I'm a Pelagian. A atheist. I'm a Pelagian now. I'm a Pelagian. You refer to me as a Pelagian. Uh, gosh, where was I going with that? Wait, so you're metaphorizing yeah, death. death. Well, and, and sin. Because I don't think it's a law thing either. Because I don't think Paul thinks it's a law thing. Acts tells us that you can't eat meat sacrificed to idols, abstain from idols in the food sacrificed to idols, abstain from strangulation. Then they try to tell him to do you know all the things. Paul then tells us in first in uh, Romans fourteen that you can eat meat as long as you don't cause anybody to stone. So sin is subjective. So, so don't, I'm metaphorizing both to the contextualization of the person and the divinity within each person. So don't cause others to stumble. So it's, it's, Hey bro, how about you go get that one gun that you own and you and me go rob a bank? Are you just going to put that out there in front of the camera? <laughs> no, that's causing somebody to stumble. No, that's causing somebody to stumble. Causing someone to stumble is you making an active move in stumbling someone else's journey. Okay. You interjecting yourself into someone else's path. So you would say harming another human being. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the uh, the the willful act, or even I guess uh, sometimes unconscious act of harming another life. Yeah. Is, oh, one thousand percent is sin. One thousand percent. Harming someone, what about causing har pain. What about harming yourself? Ooh, this is a great one because I do want to give the autonomy to someone, but I would say that it is sin to harm yourself because I would say that harming yourself is harming divinity. This is why it's also. Excuse me. 
This is why it's also sin to harm other people because you're harming the divinity within those people. To cause harm to divinity or the image and likeness of divinity is to is to sin. Okay. <clears throat> I agree. Pause. I yeah, I agree. Hello? Oh, pause. I'm back. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Okay, so you were equating sin. Oh, oh, oh I was helping. I was trying to help, uh, understand what you meant by the whole like me, your metaphor, metaphorizing of death, like when you create the experience of death for somebody. But I, what I think you mean is, I think I'm on board with the idea that harming another person. And you rooted that in like image bearing. Yeah, it's about the divinity within each individual. Yeah, the divinity within each individual. Including yourself. And this yeah. is part of it. I, you can't have a theology that uplifts another person at the detriment of your sure. own divinity. Sure. And so it's about the divinity, the reciprocity of divinity within each person. And sin is, ca sin is causing harm to that divinity. And death is the ultimate harm to that divinity which is what god felt like they needed to give of themselves death and die for this issue sure so what then is the atonement theory i know that's not necessarily the topic of conversation but oh like, it's definitely christus, christus victor it's one thousand percent it's same. victory over it's christ's victory over the problem but the problem of the christian story is not sin that's a stupid misnomer. The problem of the Christian story is not sin. The problem of the Christian story is death. What did God tell Adam and Eve that would happen if they ate of that tree? They didn't. God so, didn't say don't sin. God said if you do this thing, you will die. The so, problem is death. Okay, I hear you. And I used to feel this way. I used to believe this emphatically, that like the enemy was death. Death was like the ultimate bad thing. Yeah. Death death it was is like the enemy it's is, the adverse experience of life it's the opposite of the nature of god yeah um the problem i have with this idea though sorry am i showing too much leg in the camera the problem i have with this idea though is the creative order creation itself the the natural scientific process of life necessitates death now death isn't always a bad thing no, in in the world only if it perpetuates life the death you're referring to previously is when god commanded Pointless adam death. and eve to take of trees and plants and eat and animals eat that is a natural cellular death that is appropriate because it because it bears life. So you're saying death that doesn't result in any life. Well, what, what is I'm, that? What I'm defining death as is the experiences that happen as the effects of sin, which those are rooted in the curses first given in Genesis 3 by God, and God curses four things. He tell God, they tell us that Death has now entered the world okay. because disobedience happened okay. and four curses were issued as punishment, question mark, okay. of those things that the man would now have to labor in sweat. It's not that he would have to go to work. He was already commanded to go to work. The man would now labor in sweat 
And the ground would now bear thorns and thistles and make that job harder. I do agree that sweat is sinful. I hate sweating. I don't like it. The second curse is to Eve that she will now bear pain Hmm. in childbearing, which also for free, if she will now bear pain, you would never command someone that you will now have pain in something if they have no reference point for when it was not painful. But for another conversation. Heard? Heard? Okay. Did you get my nugget? I, I don't okay. want. I don't want to chase the rabbits through the through the garden. I'm okay. trying to stick with your one. Um, so thought process here. So then she was also told she would live a life submission to her husband. Okay. Now, the third curse that was given in Genesis three was to the serpent. Right. That that serpent would now like experience. Belly in the dust. Yep. That it would no longer walk upright, that it would slither. There was a lot of curses to it. And then the final curse was given in the same curse with Adam that the earth would now bear thorns and thistles. It is that creation itself is now impacted by the experience of death. In those same ways, oppression, work, labor enforcement, causes of effects to the earth are all experiences of death that can be manifested and manipulated in the same way that creation itself grows, adapts, and manipulates itself. Why would God curse them like that? <laughs> That's not this conversation, bro. That's so mean, man. Look, bro, that, you put the tree there. Bro, you told true. him where the tree was. It's true. You let the snake in or whatever. Well, it's true. It's true. Okay, I'm, are, I'm derailing yeah, us. Here. You are. You are trying to go have the conversation that causes all of your problems. <laughs> the, I do. Which, I do. Just okay. So here's what right. we, here's You're what right. we'll do. I might always I will, go back there. It's okay. I'm going to table Adam on this, and Adam and I will at the end of this series, which will probably be somewhere beginning around Advent. It will be a cool time to do something on the problem of evil and Christmas Victor atonement. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that will be that. the next series we do. You know, I am. My training is all in systematics, right? So, like, my theology is always systematic because, and the reason why I'm saying that is because it's all linked together, right? They all feed, everything feeds into the next um, system. Uh, So, if sin is the harm to people, it can't just include people. You would have to include the earth, you would have to. Oh, inc- this is fair. You would have to include your. Technically, there are provisions in the law about how to care for the earth and tree creation. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, I'm just going off your four curse situation. Yeah, there. I would agree with. Yeah, even that. Yeah, I, I don't think that question prohibits. And I tried to recycle. Also, if for some. And I tried to recycle. If, no, no, no. Hear this. Hear this. You will. You will not believe this. What? If for some strange reason, someone that works for the Chambers County dump system is listening to this please please reach out to me because there is nowhere in all of chambers county that i can recycle anymore because we don't have pickup there's nowhere to take it only nine percent of our recycled material gets recycled anyways also you just didn't know that this podcast was a hot takes of chambers county politics but it is it do be like that you convinced me local politics matter local politics matters where you change things uh it's where you change the world uh what were we talking about so sin 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 in the way it causes death i do like this idea that we're going to define sin as this like willful 
or unconscious harming of that which divinity loves and indwells. Yeah, loves and indwells, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't go to the divinity thing. See, that's the deal. There is something special about humanity. I don't I'm an atheist. I'm a Christian okay, atheist. But why, I don't know about okay, that divinity why thing. Does, why is there something special about humans? Because I think, well, we've just dominated the planet. We're clearly better <laughs> as a species. We're resilient. We're more resilient. We're, we're the more ultimate. We're the ultimate parasite. <laughs> we're the ultimate parasite. We we destroy everything we touch. We utilize every resource we come in contact with. But you know, and we and we reproduce rapidly. <laughs> yeah. We're also so resilient. We're like the most resilient like parasite on the planet. Nothing holds us down. It's true. We're like climate change. Who? Yeah, Black true. plague. Who? It's true. We come for me. We work it out. I mean, anyways, we're really off topic now. What is sin? <laughs> but so what is special about humanity is where I went with that. So like, I, I like this idea because harming another human being is kind of my red line, like in terms of my ethics and my yeah, morality. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I live my life in such a way because I believe there's something in the teachings of Jesus that has taught me to value other human beings and to not harm them. Um, because that's bad. And so I guess, and, and that's also why I'm a climate activist and care a lot about environmentalism and, and, and take, um, you know, climate change very seriously, not as seriously as I should. Of course, none of us can with the systems that we live in, but, um, it's also because of this reason, because I believe that there's something special about this creation that we call earth and, or whatever, the scientific anomaly that we call earth and I should take care of it. I have an obligation to care for it and not harm it. But what, why Why is there... Like, yeah, I agree with you. But my question is, why is there some innate value to humanity? Why, why do... Okay, here's my, here's my real because question. Because I am one? No, no, no. Here's my real question. Oh, is that why? You think it's tribal? Okay, so my real question is, why do you not eat Grandma Betty when she dies? Well, if you are the most conservative person about climate change and all and resources. Why do you not eat Grandma Betty when she dies? First of all, when you die, you should you should be turned into fertilizer for trees. <laughs> okay, fine. So it's sort of like Grandma Betty being fed to the trees. Okay, but also in certain circumstances, you probably should eat human beings to save the life of others, and 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 sometimes humans do. No, so in the sanctity of life conversation, in, in normal circumstances, why do you not eat a human? We eat everything but, else that dies. Because, Literally, everything else that dies. Because everything it, you consume died. Because it's me. Oh, you think it's you? Well, I am one. I would, it's hard for me, like, I need to take care of other people. See, this is Jesus. I should do unto others as I would want them to do to me. Ah, it's the divinity element. What? It's the divinity. It's the human element. It's the divinity. No, you're tying it to Jesus, though. That's the mm -hmm. divinity element. Yeah, I Jesus is speaking to the divinity. Okay. The Jesus, I mean, to use the most fundamental Christian language, the Jesus in you, the divinity in you, sure. cannot harm the Jesus or divinity in anyone else. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think and so I think that is right. In the same conversation, the reason that is, if you were going to break it down to the end, the most foundational premise, the reason that truth exists is because God made you, and because that fact, God loves you. No, wait. 
Oh, okay. No. <laughs> so he didn't abide by the presuppositions. No, I think I'm obligated to protect, care for, and mitigate harm upon the species and its habitat because ultimately the goal of life is the furtherance of the species. But why? Because I'm because a you? part of it. Like our job is to advance us and do you think there's a divine element of that mission i don't know what that means <laughs> so again okay so here's my here's my qualm with you and i i will say john stewart i heard him say this one time i love john stewart yeah he's a great voice yeah john stewart said this one time he said that humans are tribal by nature. And so we find enemies to fight. And so we find reasons to Parasite. fight against the tribe. But the only reasons that human would oh. ever band together to fight a common enemy is if aliens invaded. Yeah, if Because now we would say, we right. wouldn't say I'm in trouble. We would say humans are in trouble. Right, right. We would now change the identifier. Right, right. which and is why climate change is an existential threat to the species and we should all get on board. This is why Christian nationalism... Is, is an existential evil. threat to the species. Because here's what Christian nationalism says. Christian nationalism says that sin is anything that doesn't look like me. Right. Is the enemy. Right, right. It's, this theology, it's alien. Uh. This theology says death is the common enemy, which every human experiences. It unites humanity around a common enemy. The last great service I will offer to the health and prosperity and future of my species is my death. You think your greatest value is your death? It is the last great act of service to the species. It's not my greatest value. My greatest value is my life and how, and, and how I use it to correct. Have you ever seen a podcast host text in the middle of filming a podcast? Have you ever the seen liberties. Have you ever seen a busy man the be late to his next meeting and try to figure out what he needs That's to do? That's my fault. That's my fault. I'm the long Technically one. it's my fault cuz I got a call from my kid's school in the middle of us filming That's this. That's why it the took chair five minutes. That's why the chair moved over 3 inches. It's true. Um I you know what I'm saying like death death furthers the species, which is why you should turn into a tree when you die and not like take not, not fill up a mausoleum oh actually but, we need to have a different conversation about this when we have the conversation about paradise okay because yeah my argument for scripture being valuable is actually second timothy three sixteen that is god breathed uh -huh. but only in the same way that god breathing into something is an expansive life and the first thing god ever breathed into was humans and they were somehow perfectly imperfect because they sinned. And so God naturally breathing into something doesn't make it without error and perfect for eternity. It also allows for a further metaphor where the only reason we have life is because of creation, because life is brought about through death or mm. through breath. And we get air and oxygen that we breathe in through the plant matter, through the habitat. Because what we put out, it, it takes in and gives us what we need. Life and death, life and death. And it's this beautiful metaphor of breath, of this reciprocity, of this God-breathed world that we exist in. I like it. That will be a conversation for paradise. Today, we've had the conversation of sin getting us to the problem of death. Now, next episode, we will pick up with what happens when we die. No one knows.
Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.